how do we determine who God speaks to and what he tells them? Next on Polygamy, what love is this? last program, we did a review of Deseret News' review of the FX Hulu movie series Under the Banner of Heaven that was taken from a book written by John Krakauer. And the screenplay of the movie uh, was by a former member of the LDS Church, and so he was familiar with the Mormon faith on which the story, uh, the series was focused, the, the Mormon faith. John Krakauer um, is not a believer in the Bible or a believer in the God of the Bible. And he actually doubts if God speaks at all to anyone. So obviously he questions the religions that claim that God speaks to specific people. Now, one of the questions that he raises is if God speaks specifically to the LDS leader, whom they call a prophet, doesn't he speak to anyone else? And an even more relevant question is, why couldn't he also speak or have spoken to the Lafferty brothers, which they claim God did speak to them and told them to murder Brenda Lafferty and her baby. So uh, Krakauer doesn't believe God did speak to them, but he's bringing up a logical, critical question. Anyone at any time can claim God speaks to them. And who's to authorize to judge uh, their claim, whether it's true or not. Does God speak only to Russell Nelson? And if so, why? Did he speak only to Joseph Smith during those days that he started the church? And and if so, why only him? Uh, why doesn't he speak to other humans? I mean, after all, every polygamy group leader makes the same claims as the Mormon church leaders make. That they're that God speaks to them. Exclusively, right. right. Uh, So how do we know the truth of it all? Uh, And how can we know? Is there some measure? And if there is, who devised that measure and what is it? And if there is no measure, do we just have to guess or rely upon our own personal feelings on who's saying what's true? Uh, and, and, and if so, why would God only speak to the Mormon leader and not to the polygamy group leaders? Out of 7 billion people on the planet, why only one Mormon prophet? Now, these are logical questions. They these are. are valid questions yeah, are. that he raises. Uh, and to add even more mystery to these questions, Russell Nelson told individual members of the LDS Church to seek personal revelation for themselves. Yeah. Isn't that what the Lafferty brothers <laughs> received? That's what they claim. They say. He said this, Every Latter-day Saint may merit personal revelation. The invitation to ask, seek, and knock for divine direction exists because God loves, God lives, and Jesus is the living Christ. It exists because this is his living church. Okay, so he's telling them to seek the personal revelation. Now, now, there are uncountable numbers of people through the ages, both before and after Joseph Smith, who claimed to speak, who claimed that God spoke to them. But strangely, God seems to have told different people contradictory information. In fact, he seems to have told the same, purpose, the same persons contradictory information. For example, we quote what Joseph Smith said God told him about polygamy, first from the Book of Mormon. Yeah, this is a little interesting. Jacob 2.23 says, But the word of God burdens me because of your grosser crimes. For behold, thus saith the Lord, this people begin to wax in iniquity. They understand not the scriptures, for they seek to excuse themselves in committing whoredoms. 
because of the things which were written concerning David and Solomon his son. Behold, David and Solomon truly had many wives and concubines, which thing was abominable before me, saith the Lord. So it's very clear what God said about polygamy yeah, here, that he detested it. It was abominable, David and Solomon's polygamy. He specifically mentions David and Solomon's polygamy itself was abominable to God. It was a grosser crime. It was iniquity, failing to understand scriptures, whoredoms. Now, this is what he wrote, the same Joseph Smith wrote in the Doctrine and Covenants. Yes, yeah, section 132, verse 1. Verily thus saith the Lord unto you, my servant Joseph, that inasmuch as you have inquired of my hand to know and understand wherein I, the Lord, justified my servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as also Moses, David, and Solomon, my servants, as touching the principle and doctrine of their having many wives and concubines, behold and lo, I am the Lord thy God and will answer thee as touching this matter. So we have right there the, the, the question of David and Solomon's wives, right? Yeah. Now, he already should know what God thought about it by reading his own Book of Mormon. <laughs> but for some reason, he forgot he wrote that, I guess. And justified the uh, other servants for having... He said he justified. Yeah. He said he justified them. in the. And so how does he justify abominable actions? That's what Joseph Smith is teaching. That's what he's saying. So, which is correct is what is a valid question. The doctor of doctor of covenants through the Book of Mormon. If God spoke to Joseph Smith, they can't both be correct. So, polygamy is either an abomination or God uses it as justification. And when God speaks to people, He cannot contradict Himself. By the way, He can't. So, did God speak to Joseph Smith? Well, the evidence shows that He did not. Now, just claiming God spoke to you or me isn't evidence that God spoke to. It's not the proof. Uh, does, it, does it measure up? Where's the proof that it measures up to the measure God has given? Those who introduce new religions and claim God spoke to him or her cannot all be right, but they can all be wrong. Perhaps um, humans don't realize that we actually do need a solid, trustworthy, unchanging measurement to test the truth-telling of all the wannabe prophets. Kind of like a lie detector. We need a lying prophet detector. (laughs) According to John Krakauer, the faith of those in Mormonism has corrupted their ability to reason. Even when confronted with facts that refute reality, they cling to their faith and the revelations of their prophets, and they ignore the facts. Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) We quote from an article about Krakauer's conclusions on what he calls irrationality inherent to all faiths. Fascinating. And yet for Krakauer, the corrupting power of faith isn't particular to Mormonism. Mormonism, in the extreme form he presents it, becomes a case study of the irrationality and violence inherent to all faith. As a means of motivating people to be cruel or inhumane, Krakauer explains in the book's introduction as a means of inciting evil to borrow the vocabulary of the devout, there may be no more potent force than religion. Krakauer's view on Mormonism is particular, in particular, and religion in general is a problem. But it's a problem not only for scholars of religion, but also religious people whose faith Krakauer reduces to a tool of coercion. And as such, scholars of religion should pay attention to how, beyond just the FLDS and Warren Jeffs, the lives of the religious people whose sins and traumas 
Krakauer profiled with such pathos have unfolded since the publication of his book. Now, we agree with Krakauer's question, if God speaks to the Mormon prophet, who is to judge if God speaks to someone else? Uh, one person's experience is just as valid as the next, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, we also agree that many religions do use coercion as a tool of fa uh, that false prophets use to terrorize the people through false revelation and fake commandments that they say are from God. But we disagree with his doubt that God speaks at all. He does. And he has issued guidelines and a very precise measurement to determine true from lying prophets. We have a few of those guidelines God has graciously and lovingly given to us so we can be safe from wolves in sheep's clothing so that we can test their claims. We do have a lying prophet detector. There are many biblical passages that we can use to help us determine true from false prophets. We have a couple of go-to verses as well to establish how God speaks to us these days. Yes, from Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Long ago, and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Okay, so we have the superiority <laughs> of Jesus through in these verses. Yeah. Uh, the superiority of Jesus over all things, all people, all angels, everything. Right. And, and in these last days, Hebrews 1, 1 says, uh, that means since Jesus was here. That's what the last <laughs> days, the last days have been going on now for over 2,000 years. But it tells us God speaks only through Jesus now. He speaks no new revelation to anyone. So anything anyone claims God is said to him or to her or to them must agree precisely with the word of God because Jesus is also called the word of God. We read that in John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In the he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now that agrees with the Hebrews passage we just read. It sure does. Okay. And John 1, 14, just 1, 1, sorry, John 1, verse 14, a little further on, says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, Glory is that of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, now he's the only Son. <laughs> yes. The only Son, by the way, and Mormon doctrine would not agree with that. But the Word, he's the Word of God, and the Word became flesh. Jesus is God the Son. He is the Word of God. He's the Word of life. He is Creator and Savior. All of this belongs to Jesus. Now, who can say anything better than or other than what Jesus taught with greater wisdom and greater knowledge? That's a valid question. People ask, well, the New Testament tells us that God provides prophets. Yes, he does. But the Old Testament style prophets, which is the basis for Mormonism, ended with John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said. Yes, in Matthew <laughs> eleven thirteen. 13. 
for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John the Baptist. The Baptist, <laughs> until right. John. He was yeah. the, there were no more Old Testament style prophets because Jesus said they ended with John the Baptist and Jesus is the final authority on everything. Hebrews tells us Jesus is the fulfillment of all prophets and prophecy, himself being the only person we acknowledge or follow for teaching, for doctrine, for sanctification, forgiveness, confession, wisdom, and for eternal life. Only Jesus. Polygamists tell their members they are to go to their leaders to discover God's will for their lives. That is a lie. And 1 Timothy 2.5 says, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Not the leader of the polygamy group, no. not no. your bishop, not the leader of the LDS church, but Jesus no. alone. If you're going to any other man than Jesus for confession or seeking God's forgiveness, you're going in vain. Jesus alone is our mediator. Jesus alone has the power to forgive. I recently spoke with someone from the AUB polygamy group, and she told me that the leaders had always told her uh, not to read the Bible, really? but to listen to their leaders instead, because the Bible will contradict what Jesus, Joseph Smith taught and what their <laughs> leaders teach. Have, we can't have that. <laughs> big, yeah, big red flag there. Only wolves in sheep's clothing would say such things. So what exactly does the New Testament mean when it tells us that God has given us prophets? Because the Mormon church uses that. Yes, God has given us prophets. Yeah. Well, the Bible explains itself and answers the question. Prophecy, New Testament prophecy is communicating and explaining what the Bible teaches. It does not include predicting the future or progressive revelation or addition to God's already revealed information. We have three scriptures from 1 Corinthians. First is 13, chapter 13, verse 7. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Verse, chapter 14, verse 22, prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. And further on in chapter 14, it says, but if all prophecy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. So, clearly, <laughs> New Testament prophecy is to proclaim the already revealed truths of God so that believers will be encouraged and strengthened in the truth and unbelievers will hear the truth and perhaps become believers and be encouraged. New Testament prophets are not to be leaders of people groups or religions or polygamy groups. They are to be servants of God's word humbly relying upon the Bible to help others know God, to encourage them and strengthen their faith, and that's it. <laughs> no, no new stuff. <laughs> no new stuff. Those who claim to be prophets often give contradictory information anyway and false uh, future predictions, which has happened so much in yes. Mormonism and polygamy as well as the church. Uh, but it should cause us to question the integrity and honesty of any person who claims to speak for God and prophesy something that doesn't happen. But when someone like Joseph Smith claims God spoke to him and then someone else says, thus saith the Lord, but contradicts <laughs> what another prophet has said, how do we judge what's true? 
Who gets to judge someone else's experience or claims? Who can correctly judge them? Only God can, and he does. And the only way humans can judge correctly is by using the measurement God has given us. The only way we can truthfully say God said is when it agrees with the Bible. That's why we can honestly say God never said to live polygamy. God's measurement for us to discern truth from error is logical and easy to understand, and it is not up to various interpretations. And being the loving and kind, merciful and gracious God that he is, he wants everyone to seek him, not a human, for truth and wisdom. There has always been false prophets, Mm -hmm. people claiming God said something he didn't say. Things like, God helps them who helps themselves. He didn't say that. (laughs) Or commanding something he didn't command, like live polygamy to achieve exaltation. He didn't command that. Or condemning something he didn't condemn, like don't drink tea or coffee or hot drinks. He never condemned that. The Bible has plenty examples of false prophets, and God tells us how to detect them. It's true that many false prophets have and do deceive people. They are today, even to the point of doing violence to the truth tellers. Look what they did with Jesus, who was the truth itself. Yes, religion can be very violent and coercive, like Krakauer said, and historically it has been, but that's religion. God doesn't want us to be religious zealots. He doesn't want us to commit violence against each other or kill those who don't believe in him or shamefully shun people who choose not to believe their way. In fact, God gives the breath of life to every single second to the person who who uses that breath to deny him and cuss him and say hateful things against him. He does that because his patience brings salvation, Mm. brings repentance, and because God is love. And God, who is love, wants everyone to know him through relationship, not through religion. God is against false prophets and false shepherds, and he warns us against them. You know, from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. There you go. <laughs> so they don't even know themselves. Right, right. That's right. And, and these, these people that come on as false prophets saying they're only mouthpiece for God, and we see that so much in our culture, yeah. uh, they're imposters. Yeah, they are. And they go from bad to worse. They don't get better. They deceive, and they are deceived themselves. So we're going to present a few ways that you can use your Bible to be a false prophet detector. <laughs> First of all, a false prophet or teacher loves your money. A true prophet or leader is not required to hate money, by the way, or to live in poverty. No. Nor should he teach his followers to hate money or live in poverty. But most false prophets love money and use religion for personal gain, knowing that power, money is power, and they love power. (laughs) First Timothy says, chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, Therefore an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, and not a lover of money. Now, being a lover of money and and using money, you know, properly are two different things. Yeah. But it doesn't say to hate money. No. A false prophet or teacher will twist the Bible passages uh, that they use to make it say what they want it to say. Sure. 
They'll purposely or out of gross ignorance take passages out of context and misquote it or create a false doctrine from it. They would ignore other passages that don't agree with their religious dogma. They don't live for their lives for Jesus, but many will make much of presenting themselves as being holy and godly. And Very few of them even teach about Jesus, but they use his name merely to open or close prayers um, or threaten a perceived rebel or apostate. But they're not interested in the glory of God, but they're interested to exalt the glory of man. We see that in this culture, don't we? we sure the do. exaltation of men. Yeah. False prophets love to be revered by their followers. This is easy to notice whenever a polygamous leader, LDS leader, enters a room. People revere them in awe as if they were higher yeah. and, and better than everyone else. And they're not. Every human is a sinner and is on level ground before God. Yeah, from Matthew chapter 23, verses 3 and 4 and 6 and 7. They tie up, I'm sorry, for they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. And they love the place of honor at feasts, and the best seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the marketplaces, and being called rabbi by others, or elder. Yeah, or elder. <laughs> or Yeah, right. Yeah. Or the bottom line is that the teaching of a false prophet or by a false prophet or leader is false, filled with deception and lies, distorting or ignoring what the Bible teaches. And they tell people what the people want to hear. And this was prophesied in the New Testament. Yes, in 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Wow. <laughs> Again, really good, very descriptive of yeah. today's culture. Um, some prophets actually do miracles. They claim to do miracles. False prophets. And, and the Bible tells us they will. Jesus said they will. When the Antichrist comes, he will do many counterfeit miracles that people will believe and follow him as a result. Jesus warned us about this in advance. Yeah, Matthew and Mark tells us, chapter 24, verse 24, For false messiahs and false prophets shall arise, and they shall show great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray if possible, even the chosen ones. And from Mark 13, 22, For false messiahs and false prophets will arise, and will show signs and wonders, in order to lead astray, if possible, the elect. Okay, so these are two different Gospels where it's repeating the same thing that Jesus said and warned us about false prophets. And just because someone does a miracle or a perceived miracle doesn't mean you should believe him. You need to listen to what he says and teaches and then go to the Bible and check it out. Test him. Be that lying prophet detector. Finally, we have the most important advice from God on how to measure a true or false prophet, one we've shared before, but we're going to do it again. Yeah, this is a good one from Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 3. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you 
to find out if you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Well, Joseph Smith and all of Mormonism teaches about false gods, even repeating the serpent's lie uh, that they can become God themselves. Mm. And this next verse um, answers another test question about how we can know if someone is speaking for God. Yeah, this is out of Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 21 through 22. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. Okay. And a lot of that happened and has happened and does happen. And we're going to talk about that more in in the next few shows of the prophets, false prophets who've come along and preach the end times are going to come and they give in dates and and that never does happen. And they're still considered as prophets. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are not to pay attention to them. When time, as we've said before, is the enemy of every false prophet, because (laughs) time will prove whether it's a true prophet or not. And this is God's own testimony to us. We need to pay attention to God's testimony of the truth. Mormonism does not have a living prophet. Neither do the polygamy groups, because Jesus is alive and he alone is the word of God. Joseph Smith gave at least 50 false predictions, and all it takes is one to be rejected. We just read that in Deuteronomy. So everything Joseph Smith said or did, according to God's measurement, should be thrown out, ignored, totally rejected, and that is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And your eternity depends on what you do with God's truths, not in what Joseph Smith said. That's very serious, very serious stuff. It's all kind of a man-made religion. It is, yeah. Exalting the glory of man. Not supported by the Bible at all. Right. And yet people come along. And, you know, I have to disagree with John Krakauer that God speaks at all. um, But I have to... Uh, I disagree with him that God speaks at all, but I do agree who gets to judge when God says, when someone says God said, how do we judge that? How do we know this? He didn't talk to this one, but he did talk to that one. Right, right. And and Brigham Young was a prophet, supposed to be a prophet in Mormonism, and he gave the blood atonement. And he said it was from God, that God told him about the blood atonement. And the Krakauer brothers were only doing what their prophet, Brigham Young, had said. The Lafferty brothers, yeah. Yeah, the Lafferty brothers. What did I say? Krakauer brothers. Oh, oh my, we're sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we do have to, and God gave us, he gave us a lying prophet detector, and we need to pay attention to it so we're not deceived. Thank you, Earl. Thank you. That's very good. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 48, the one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. God's word is truth, and whether Mormonism acknowledges the truth of everything Jesus taught or not doesn't make a difference in the truth of what he said. It just makes a difference in your eternity, because Jesus said the word he has spoken will be our judge, not the words of Warren Jeffs or Joseph Smith or Paul Kingston or any other religious leader. Jesus alone, his word is truth, and he said there are no marriages after this life. He also said there is one God. And he also said that he is God. And if we don't believe who he said he is, we will die in our sins and we cannot go where he is. 
So please read the Bible, receive and believe everything it teaches, and notice it doesn't teach polygamy. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.